Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas. I will say, podcasting for a year with Proto has made me a better person. And spiritual advisor, Protolexis. I know, Danny, you apologize at the Shin Godzilla episode for your rating, but the fact that you even needed to see Shin Godzilla to apologize, you should apologize to everyone right now for thinking this was a four-star movie. Like, what is wrong with you? And together as friends forever, we discuss recently watched movies. Later in this episode, we're focusing on our final pick for cult month, Mr. Nobody, starring Jared Leto. Is this the movie that destroys the village once and for all? Or will we grow stronger than ever before? Let's find out together. Cult month coming to a close this episode. Mm-hmm. It was Pardo's pick. Mr. Nobody. Jared Leto. We're going to get into it at the bottom of the hour of this episode. Proto, how are you feeling going into it? The letterbox reviews of the community, the villagers, have been coming in hot and heavy. Low, on the low end so far, you but what's that. your vibe? I, I, you know, I'll tell you, I was disheartened this whole week. Because mm. I've seen this movie before, and when I saw this movie, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I was thinking, mm. like, no one's seen this. We'll all watch it. You know, it'll be a movie that no one's seen before. It'll be fun. People will like it. No one liked it. <laughs> Not a soul. Already defeated in the first 30 <laughs> seconds of the episode. You never know what how we're going to think of it. We'll find out real quick, soon. Our thoughts coming uh, later in this episode. But I was reading the tea leaves. You know, I think the, the pulse of the village in our Discord is non-positive. You know, so we were, we were talking about what we're going to do for the next month, February. Mm. Will we continue another themed month? What would we possibly do to save face after this episode? You know, we kind of teased it out a couple weeks ago and we're doing it. We're doing faves month, faves brewery, (laughs) one movie from each host from their top four list. In Letterboxd, their fa- one of their favorite movies of all time. It's happening. And we, you know, it's time to put us to the test. We've thrown the villagers to the fire. Now it's time to throw our feet to the fire. And then I'm next week. I'm the first one to go. Proto's changing his top four right now. <laughs> I thought about I it. I see letterbox covers <laughs> rotating in his glasses. They're, they're shifting around. <laughs> so next week is going to be my pick. I'm going to save my announcement for later in the episode. But I'm excited. Stay tuned. Later in this episode, uh, speaking of the Patreon, we have some new members who want to call out. Uh, you can sign up at 70mmpod.com. Christina, Christy, Peter, Mike, and John all joined this week. Wow. To the uh, Patreon, four bucks a month. Get discounts on merch. You can join our Discord. Get a physical membership card that Danny designed to our make-believe video store, VHS Village. Just as important as that, the Patreon-exclusive vote is finished for our next episode that you'll only be able to listen to on Patreon. 
and it was down to two movies, The Thing versus Flash Gordon. Prado, can you now reveal what's the next exclusive Patreon episode? I can. The numbers are in. All the votes have been counted, tabulated, and recorded. They're sealed. Uh, I'm opening the package now. And <laughs> wow, with a, an amazing turnaround in the 11th hour, Flash Gordon wins with oh 61% of their vote. Writing a wrong. 61%. As this is the loser's bracket. We mentioned it before. These are movies that have lost previously. The thing goes down. Nobody was expecting it for our patrons to take ownership and vote with, I believe, four times the amount of votes than we actually have patrons somehow voted somehow. for this poll. It's a miracle. <laughs> I don't know how it <laughs> happened, uh, but I'm excited to do Flash Gordon. So that's going to be our next exclusive Patreon episode. I've never seen it myself. I've never seen it. I know never. Art, Art just bought a 4K disc. He doesn't have a 4K player. Devotion. That's, a, that's the power of this movie. Goodness. Powerful. The people have spoken. So sign up for our Patreon at 70mmpod.com or patreon.com slash 70mm. I have spoken. Danny, did you watch any movies this week? Yeah, I watched one movie with my kids, and we took on Wolf Walkers, the cartoon on <laughs> Apple TV Plus Premium, whatever it's called. Uh, <laughs> and I really loved it. It was a lot of fun. Uh I think the only negative I gave was a little too long, but uh, great story, great and oh my gosh, the animation is beautiful, especially the background work in that film is inspiring. Yes. Uh, so it was great, a lot of fun. Kids loved it. I didn't think they'd be as attached to it as they were, but they glued to it for the hour and forty-five and change or whatever. So it was a great movie. Four stars. I thought- I thought the same thing too, Danny, that the background just blew me away that there's Mm -hmm. a, the background of like when they're near the forest and you see the, the village or like the city in the background and it's, and it's like flat. So it like takes up the whole screen. It, it's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I I would love a print of that. Yeah. A lot of really cool decisions on that background work. I don't have Apple TV plus um, pro to watch this. But I have seen their previous Song of the Sea, and I remember mm-hmm. that one. And then they did another one that kind of wowed me with the background. So I'm still excited to see this. That might have been Secret, The Secret of Kells. Oh, yeah. Where just, like, the background stuff just like blew me away because mm-hmm. nobody was doing movies like Song that. Song of the Sea is really good. Really, really good. Big week for you. Finally getting into Wolf Walkers after all this buzz. All the buzz. Proto, I think, uh, was like the final straw, seeing how much he loved it. Noted Apple shill. Proud. I'm an Apple shill now. I mean, I mean, he's wearing like a white mock turtleneck right now. Beanie. He could he could easily walk on stage at a product announcement at Apple. Well, it's Steve Jobs' birthday, so I thought I should honor him. This. I'm not researching that to ver- verify it one, <laughs> one bit. I'm just going to roll with the punches for that. What did you watch, Proto? Well, you know, after the, after the, uh, the, uh, the the, uh, the 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 harsh words I got last week for, for not doing my job, I figured I, I should, uh, you know, I should pay back all the listeners and make sure I watched a couple movies this week. All right. So I got, I got some, I got some viewing in uh, it, it, and it was a good week for movies. My gosh, I watched some, some great, some great flicks starting with 
um, I, I finally got back to Kurosawa and watched Yojimbo. Nice. From 1961, wow. starring uh, the great uh, Toshiro uh, Mifune. And man, what a, what a movie. Because uh, Slim, you watched it like, I guess like a week or two before. And I was like, it's like mm-hmm. 90 minutes long. It's not too long. I was like, all right, I can watch this, bang it out real quick. Um, I think like the first half, I wasn't, it was, it's a, it was like a little slow. I wasn't totally on board. Um, but man, once it gets going, it's a really fun movie. The, uh, the main premise is it's a, uh, uh, Mifune plays a samurai who comes into a town where there's these two warring gangs and he pretty much comes up with this cunning plan to, um, have them destroy one another and him also play a part in, in, in ridding the town of, of these two gangs. Um, the, the soundtrack, the score in this is so good. I just, I just love it. Um, it, it almost feels like it's like, it was composed by like a, like a, somebody who was like drunk, like the, the music sounds drunk. I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just so cool. Um, and then there's this, uh, escape sequence in this movie, which is just magnificent. Um, you know, like you can like, uh, the, the, the samurai he's, he's injured at one point and, you know, usually with like action movies, somebody gets injured, you know, they, they might for like a hot minute, they're like, oh, they can't do anything, but then they get up and they're fighting again. Mm-hmm. Not in this movie. This, they, like they go 110%, like he is on his deathbed, but he has to escape. Uh, and it's, it's a fantastic, fantastic. His hair just being all in disarray. Oh yeah. He gets beat up. <laughs> his hair. Messy. His Very face messy. is just like so swollen in that, in that scene. It was, it was brilliant. And then after that, I watched Howl's Moving Castle. Oh my from, gosh, uh, Ghibli! And that was Ghibli. I gave that five stars. Um, man, mm-hmm. it, it was great. It's a great. I had seen it before, um, but I think it might have been my first Ghibli that I saw. So I think I might have been like unsure of what was I was watching and not like totally familiar with just you know the the tone of of those movies. Maybe I was a little weirded out. Um, by the pace of it too. Um, but this time, you know, I was ready cause I've seen a lot of them and it's, it's up there, man. It's, I don't know, maybe it's number two after the wind rises. I mean, it's like mm. wind rises, Nausicaa and probably how's moving castle. Those three. Look at this direct quote from this review. One of the most imaginative movies I've ever seen. Also this, this is everyone sitting down. This review has 10 likes on letterboxd. What? My That's gosh. like discovering plutonium. That amount of likes <laughs> on there. That's how rare that is. Ken says Sanjuro is a direct sequel to Yojimbo. I think the whole thing is he just names himself off whatever he is around. Uh, and then me, me and my wife, we've been, ever since Jenna got a letterbox, mm-hmm. we've been, you know, talking about watching movies and then watching movies. It's been exciting times in our household, in the Lexus house. Um, so we watched, uh, I... Tanya. Oh my. <laughs> the Tanya Harding story. You guys heard of this? Left, left field pick. You know, I, I, I'm a sucker for a good biopic. And I would say this is on the good side of the biopics. It's a, it's a fun story. It's a hard, it's a rough story. Uh, mm. I didn't really know much about it. Like I was too young to know what was going on when this happened. Yeah. Uh, so hearing this story, watching this movie, 
they, what's funny about it is they also play it like they're not sure you're not like, you're not sure if all, all that happened as they say, because of course it's based on the accounts of the people, you know, who it's about and they were contradicting each other. So you're, they, you know, kind of piece it together and they kind of break the, the, the wall a little bit and have the characters mm-hmm. talk to you. So you're not like really sure what's going on all the time, but either way, it's, it's very entertaining, uh, fascinating story. Um, also heartbreaking too. I mean, the fi- family dynamics are insane. So Slim, you might appreciate that part. Um, I know how much you're into that kind of stuff. We all do. <laughs> How about you not thinking how athletic figure skating is until this movie? Well, no, the thing is I did. I did. I just didn't know that it wasn't physically possible until I watched this movie. Because the, when was the last time you ice skated? Bruno? It's been a minute. Um, but you know, like when you see it in the Olympics, you're so far removed, but in this movie, they do it like where you're really like you're on the ice, like the camera's on the ice following her and you can hear Margot like, breathing and like grunting as she's doing it. And you're just thinking like, my God, like if, if I, and the thing is, if I spin with my kids more than like three times, I'm going to, I'm going to go through a wall. And then but this, you know, these women, they're spinning like 30 times and then they're jumping in the air on ice on a blade and spinning again. It just doesn't make any sense. It's truly mm. a miracle. Magic. It's magic. Yeah. It's it's absolute magic. You did some work this week, but I saw a review come in hot under the wire. Uh, uh, Sean just called out, first of all, before I get into it, Sean just called out Topic. How amazing would it be doing cutting edge Topic. for this podcast? Oh my gosh. Are cutting you kidding edge. me? Love Topic. Right now. Cutting edge. Yeah, that's a classic. <sighs> uh, oh my gosh. Godzilla King of the Monsters. Can you walk us through what what, what prompted you to, to fire that bad boy up? Well, I didn't want to be left behind, okay? Uh, we saw I that Godzilla versus King Kong's coming out, and mm. I wanted to be caught up on what was going on with these stories. Yes. And then I remember, I remember uh, <laughs> Danny watched this movie, and then he was livid with you, Slim, for you giving it three stars. Let's bring it up. And I'm watching this. I know, Danny, you apologize at the Shin Godzilla episode for your rating. <laughs> yes, I did. But the fact that you even needed to see Shin Godzilla to apologize, <laughs> you should apologize to everyone right now for thinking this was a four-star movie. Like, what Listen, is wrong I am with sorry. You? I am sorry. I, I should change it. It's at best three stars. You gotta watch because it Because I do love all of the 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 monster stuff. Yeah, that stuff's cool. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Everything else? Nah. It is garbage. <laughs> but when I go back to back with Shin, Shin's life-changing. It is. For cinema, for me. Well, we- and I can't believe that. I, if I would have saw Shin before that Godzilla movie, I would probably have taken a hot dump on it. <laughs> What did pro, pro didn't you even give Shin like three stars though? You didn't give that four stars. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, no, I don't. I mean, Shin's okay. It's good. I mean, it's better than this oh. for sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't. My life wasn't changed by Shin. But. So I, I liked uh, Kong Skull Island a lot. That director is yes. really talented. I think he's working on the Metal Gear Solid movie next. Um, Excuse me. That's a that's a real thing. You can look into that. 
Oh the, the colors gosh. in Skull Island were really dynamic. A lot of fun all around. Skull's, Skull's a lot of fun. With that said, we still don't have a full trailer for this dang Godzilla <laughs> versus King Kong movie that's coming out in a month and a half? Three months? I know. Two months? Something's Soon. going on. Something's fishy here. We're in uncharted waters. They just announced. Something is very fishy. Are they going to screen this for reviewers, critics? HBO, are you listening? Telltale sign. You just heard my you just heard my my King of the Monsters <laughs> review, HBO. <laughs> HBO just unsubbed from Pocket Casts right now. Hit that unsubscribe button. We mentioned our favorite social media site for film lovers, Letterboxd. We're on there. We have a 70mm account that you can follow and uh, tag along as we all watch movies together as friends. And you are entered to win a free year of Letterboxd Pro by sharing the show on social media every week. And this week's winner for a free year of Letterboxd Pro, Treen underscore DK uh, on Twitter. Uh, tweeting up a storm about going through the backlog of 70mm. So congratulations. Free year of Letterboxd Pro. Congrats. Amazing. No ads. Uh, you can see where your movies are streaming so you can find what you want to watch. Get year-end stats. A lot of good stuff when you're a pro member and you're supporting Letterboxd in general. So if you want to do that and you uh, didn't win, you can do so 20% off discount code that you can get at 70mmpod.com to upgrade to pro or patron status to support Letterbox, So by all means, do that. Mr. Nobody, Jared Leto. And uh, this one came out in 2009. This is Proto's pick for to wrap up cult month. This is the movie, to reiterate, this is the movie that replaced Point Break. <laughs> Proto, can you guide us into the future and the past and the present with Mr. Nobody? Nemo Nobody is dead. It's 2092, and Nemo is the last living mortal, unsure of who he is. It's 1975, and Nemo is born. Nemo is 16 and falling in love for the first time. He loves Anna all his life and no one else. He loves Elise all his life until she leaves him in the middle of the night, until she tragically dies on their wedding day. Nemo is all of these and none of these branches of life that have that has come to an end that is just beginning that never was and will always be Nemo is sure of who he is until he has no idea and the many possibilities of his life unfold and disappear as meaning is found just before it is lost forever Mr. Nobody Kristen Chat is saying, is surviving this pick what initiates us into the cult of 70mm? Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> this, is on, this is on a host of streaming services, so if you're at all interested in watching this movie before moving forward, you can do so. Voodoo has it for free. I just sit through, I felt like the same G-Dang commercial Ugh. every 20 minutes watching this in their app. God bless. It was free, though. I paid for it on Amazon. You did? Yeah. Oh, no my. commercials for me. Wow. I needed to get it started and finished. <laughs> Take my money. 
<laughs> Dan, uh, Danny, what was your vibe when you heard about this movie and that you, you know, we're going to dig in for this. You, I saw you had a lot of notes for this viewing. I you, do you saw the notepad. What was your vibe going in, sitting down to watch this? Well, when Proto announced it, I was very excited because I do love Jared. Outside of it replacing Point Break, uh, I'm a big Jared Leto fan. Uh, and I hadn't seen this movie. And it's been one of the ones that were kind of like in a blind spot for me that I keep forgetting that exists. And no one really talks about it. So I just assume it probably wasn't good. Uh, stay tuned. And um, so I am, I was excited coming into this because I, I th- there's, I mean, I, I don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. And it has a really good trailer. Uh, the trailer I watched uh, had me intrigued. And it's, I was excited. How about you? Yeah, I didn't watch any trailer. I didn't watch anything. I just kind of heard what Proto's description of it was. It had Jared Leto. I didn't know what year it was. The only like older school Jared Leto. Oh, that reminds me. We asked a question on IG what everyone's favorite Jared Leto movie was. We'll have to get to some of those responses later. Some pretty funny ones. Or we don't have to. <laughs> I saw some. I know you saw some of them and probably didn't like the responses. <laughs> um, but it looked kind of like a sci-fi movie, like Jared Leto mid 2000s sci-fi. So I'm like, okay, okay. Um, but the, the only other older Jared Leto movie I can think of besides Requiem is Panic Room. Panic Room was my jam when that came out with Jodie Foster. Um, it's pretty good. God, love that movie. Jodie Foster month. Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh, 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 we'll do Silence of the Lambs again. Uh, so I was into it. You know, I would have loved to do Point Break. Point Break Point Break would have been the kind of mainstream pick, you know, the layup. Mm-hmm. So this was the the proto gamble. Oh my God, Forrest has contact for Jodie Foster month. If Forrest only knew our love for contact. I, I'm ready to shut this show down right now so we can find <laughs> Jodie Foster month. I mean, contact could happen in Faves month. Oh, God, Uh, I can't even breathe right now. So I was ready to jump in, sat down downstairs uh, last night to, I think, I think I started it last night, fired it up on Voodoo, was ready to go. Um, My first note, if I may, what is going, this, this look of Jared in this movie feels like it's, is this like old school Jared considering like his vibe around this era? Because he had it the whole movie. He had like the, the Hoobastank the hair flop. or whatever, like uh, mm. Fallout Boy, whatever those bands are around that time <laughs> no, frame. 30 Seconds to Mars hair. I, I, I'm not super familiar with like his style in 30 Seconds to Mars. I know that one song. That's that was good. it. But was man, he had it the whole movie. I kind of agree. I mean, but it is his look, but I, I'm used to his look. So it wasn't, it didn't bother me. Uh, but I do prefer his like Jesus look. Mm-hmm. So it was, I like, I like his long hair. Mm-hmm. It struck me as a little weird when he, um, like the period where he had, like he was married with three kids and he's got like this long hair that he looks like he would have, I don't know, like just a younger person would have, like, he's like this executive at this company and he's got like this, this right. hair. It just, it, it did feel a little weird. Like this doesn't seem to fit this person's life. It didn't transcend each storyline very well. No, he looked like an IT goober for half the movie. Like he was coming to install Windows 2000 on your computer and make sure your printer was working. (laughs) Pardo, how was this viewing for you? What what, what were you uh, thinking about as you were watching it? I had seen this before and I was trying to figure out when I did. I remember, I know I definitely put it on with something else when I was doing something else. Like I wanted to have just 
something on in the background. I want to say it was like Christmas Eve one year and I was like wrapping presents, but I can't confirm oh that's God. what it was. But I remember I started it and then whatever else I was doing, I just stopped and I got like sucked into this movie um, because mm. it's, it was, it's so, to me, it's so weird and so different and just the, the non-linear path that it has of how it jumps around and it does a lot of just like, you know, just strange things with the way that it tells a story. And it's very, it, you know, it has, a, it, it's very, um, um, the, the songs that it uses are, um, like very in your face. So it's kind of like, you know, you, when you hear a very recognizable song, like in a movie like that, you kind of like just grabs your attention. So I, I was just like sucked in when I saw this. So, um, coming around the second time, uh, you know, I wasn't sure, you know, what I was going to think. I, of course I knew the basic premise of it, but a lot of this stuff I, I didn't remember in the movie. Yeah. Like, I guess like the, the first thing I thought is just the, the, um, so th there's like a lot of different time periods you see, you see when he's younger in 1975, and then you see different periods of his life, but then the, it starts, or there's a, a big portion of it when he's, uh, at, uh, on his deathbed in uh, 2092, when he's 117 years old. Um, and th those scenes, they still str struck me as, as so strange. Um, mm. just this guy who is this old, um, and he's got like this really raspy, strange voice. And I think like, oh, that's, it's so weird. But of course I've never met somebody who's 117. So <laughs> maybe they would sound like that. Can you tell me how old you are? I'm 34. I was born in 1975. I don't know. What did you guys think of like that, that like, just that realization of like the future like that? I get so annoyed uh, with that take in sci-fi that we jump somewhere between that's still, I mean, 2092 is far, yes, from us, but it's not that far. Mm -hmm. And to think that in 2092, as a human race, we've achieved immortality, uh, that kind of idea, I just, it just annoys me. I don't like that look of sci-fi either. That's this outrageous kind of clean towers, of, like, like these, yeah, these pristine pillars of buildings and flying cars. And it just, I don't know. It, it, that stuff bugs me. And I think most of the future stuff in this, I just was kind of annoyed. It just felt like, let me cherry pick what I, what all these like sci-fi, uh, I don't know. Tropes. Look, yeah, these tropes and just kind of put them all in one movie. Um, I feel like that is probably the, for me, the low point of the timelines. I feel like it could have been done differently and better. Um, I do like the jump to Jared being that old or Nemo and that guy with a tattooed face really, I just, it was hard to look at. It's gross. Yeah. Um, it was really weird. Uh, but it is funny though, that uh, speaking of those scenes, Daniel Mays, the guy that comes in to interview Nemo that sneaks in. Uh, I think he's now our most uh, reviewed actor on our podcast. He's been in now four movies we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, what else he was he in, in 1917 rogue one, uh, this movie, and then he was in All or Nothing. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Did he play the like? He bully? was the jerk. Oh yeah, my god! He was the bully. I thought that mm. scar was real. Is it not real? <laughs> I guess not. I don't know. I guess not. Maybe he hadn't got it yet. I don't know. 
but yeah, that stuff takes me out of it when it comes to sci-fi. I didn't like the idea. So he, the old person, he's old and they're like, oh, the last living mortal. What was it like being alive and not immortal? It's 2092. You don't have any records of other mortals. It's not even mm-hmm. that far to the future. If it was like 2222 yeah. or some bull S and like he was the last one, like it didn't, I was like, what is, what is he talking about? Like, why would he be the last mortal? And everyone's so curious to know what being a mortal was like. So I was like, almost like immediately taken out of this movie. Like what? Okay. I don't like this. This guy has tattoos on his face for no reason. He looks like a dope. I want him out of here. <laughs> and I don't like looking at him. And I don't like this old guy. <laughs> and get me out of here. That was my <laughs> my first thought. I kept thinking he would. I really. I, I kept thinking that guy was Ben Kingsley with the with the tattoo. <laughs> I did too. His voice sounded just like him. Yeah. It's like under those tattoos. Knock off ben Kingsley. Yeah. He's under there. Um, yeah. I, I really um, wish that that it wasn't Jared as the old uh, person. Yeah, I, mean, I wish they had used an actual mm. uh, actor that because it it it. I didn't. I, he just looked funky, and you're probably right. I've never seen a 118 year old man before, but it just looked. I would rather them just use like an old person, yeah, and an older actor because there was something about the makeup, but. It was still Jared's eyes. If he was like workshopping the old man, like on like <laughs> stage, like, like, Hey, show us what you're working with for the old man bit, yeah. Jared. And he's like doing it. I would have been like, yeah, let's get the old actor in here. Let's maybe right. not use you. His as the movements old were very like the shaking hands felt <laughs> yeah, very like, fake and the way he walked, but his laugh, his laugh was amazing. <laughs> like it was so creepy. Um, they should, they yeah. should have Joe Pesci. <laughs> Uh, my second note there is a scene where young nemo i don't know he's maybe like 14 or something he has the hots for this gal anna young gal and then his mother kind of finds a new beau and they move in and anna is the daughter of this guy so they're they're living together now and but they are horny for each other these kids there's one scene where they're going at it and like like a like a pornography like it was from Bridgerton and I saw a nipple of this young girl how old are these kids supposed to be was and like this movie overall just feels very european obviously yeah. but I was like am I going to be on a list now for watching this scene I felt really <laughs> uncomfortable during that moment it happens twice that these kids go at it I was so out of place I felt I don't know how you guys thought well it really wasn't Two out. I mean, they had known each other from school before the parents got together. So I think there was already that connection. Uh, but yeah, it was a little awkward when they to see the the bits of nudity with kids or not kids, but teenagers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was. I, it just kind of made me sit back for a second. Uh, I, I actually love that storyline. I really like the storyline with him and Anna. Mm-hmm. Um, out of all of it. And I actually, I think I like Teenage Nemo the best in the whole movie. Uh, if we're going to, if we can talk about that, I think that actor did a, did a really good job. Um, in my opinion, portraying, uh, the different roles, the different paths that, uh, kid Nemo was projecting. Um, so part of your thoughts on the children having sex on screen. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, th- this movie, yeah, it definitely has a lot of European flavor to it. Uh, an- another thing back to like the, the, uh, the, the future, the look of the future that, that, that reminds me of both hitchhikers guide to the galaxy and the movie Brazil, which are both mm-hmm. European. So I feel like it's, it's definitely, you know, there, there's roots there that maybe like influence. I feel like there's a, maybe a lot of influence that this director was going with when he was writing this almost like these little like homages or just like inside jokes that like, unless you know what the heck you like is in his brain, you're not really, you know, it just kind of looks weird to you. Like mm-hmm. I can imagine like he, he was like, Oh, you know, I'll put this little thing in the future. Um, he even has a joke that at one point, um, he says a line, there's a line, someone says, most of the time, not, nothing happens like a French movie, um, which is, you know, like they say that about French, a lot of French movies where like nothing happens. Yeah. And like, of course he has a line like that. Um, but, oh, the, the thing that surprised me watching it was I forgot how little Jared Leto is in it for the first half of this movie. Like, like yeah. the teenage Nemo is the star for the first half. Yeah, he's the bulk mm-hmm. of it yeah. for sure. I'm just going to say, I did not like this movie. Did not, before I, because I just feel like I'm going to go through my negative notes and I don't want to just be such go a negative uh, person. Um, I thought the, vin- like, so there's a few different scenes where he has the family with kids and his, the one wife in this, you know, alternate path, this alternate reality at that point, that's all you think can think of what it is. He, his wife is going through like a deep depression and, it's her daughter's, it's their daughter's birthday and they're having the party in the house and she is just like cooped up in her bedroom, you know, going through some really deep mental stuff and they have the party downstairs. The music is blaring. Your so wife loud. is going through, you know, some kind of postpartum depression, you know, event and you're just going to continue to have that party downstairs with the music blaring while she's up there having like a mental breakdown. Jared's character in those scenes you know, I guess maybe later in the movie, it's kind of explained why there's no, I guess, pseudo emotional depth in him. Um, but I just felt like slapping Jared around, like, wake up, dude. <laughs> like, what is going on in your life where this is allowing to happen? There's a lot of weird scenes like that where Jared's character just wasn't written very fleshed out. And it kind of like annoyed me. But you could say that the ending of this movie maybe was the explanation for that. But that was just my vibe. Once I, once I realized the ending, going back and thinking about the film the what we're seeing is the projection or the images that the kid Nemo is. So we're told that he has the ability because he wasn't touched by the angel to have the ability to see the future. So when his parents are at the train station and make that like horrible scene where they're making him choose between parents, put which them is, in jail, hate, put them both in jail for that. That was ridiculous. But so from that point on, from that train scene on, we're watching little Nemo decide his path by, by thinking about which parent to go with. So when you think about Jared's performances, it's really just the projection of this little kid thinking about his future. Uh, so I, I was kind of chalking it up to that, like this idea that even though these scenes have like weird moments in them and they look kind of funky, it's all in this kid's like imagination and figuring out the correct path. If he goes with his mom, is this the right path to take? How's it going to end? Or if he goes with his dad uh, how is it going to end this way? And there's so many like fracture moments, which is why there's three different wives. And mm-hmm. uh, it's what's, what's frustrating about this film to me is there is an amazing story here and it's just 
it's shown so poorly. Like, I don't like how it's told. Like, I really like this idea of, you know, searching for meaning, like kind of outside of yourself. And there's just, it's just, it's just frustrating scenes and it's very badly edited and made, I think. Yeah. So, so this, this is my take on, on all of that of like how, uh, you know, there's so many different timelines and it jumps back and forth and it, I feel the same way. Like it is, it's jarring the way it moves. It almost doesn't feel like it necessarily has a rhyme or reason as it moves. Like sometimes like the flashes will be so quick. You'll be in this big moment and then it just like jumps out of it. Um, and, and it's a long movie. This is two and a half hours long. So there's a lot. And it's, it's that same um, just direction the whole time where it's jumping around. But to me, I think this movie, it's trying to do something that's unique in that it, so it's nonlinear. And I, I think what it wants to do is, is it wants to um, like a, allow the viewer just to see that like this movie is kind of sh- just showing different lives of what your life could be. And once you come to that realization that like, okay, I'm not supposed to try to make sense of all of this. Like, I'm not going to be keeping track. There, there isn't any meaning or like, there isn't one timeline that makes sense. These are all over the place, but it, it gives you like room to actually consider your own life and the, your own choices that you've made that, you know, there's, there's, because we all can think of pivotal moments in our lives where we think, you know, like, you know, on a, on a random day, I met my spouse or man, what happens if I had turned left and that terrible thing didn't happen? You know, there, So we all have those moments in our life where we think of those things, but we don't have this opportunity where we would know how it would play out different. And I think this movie kind of creates that space where as you watch, at least for me, as I watch the movie, I more so the first time, I feel like this movie doesn't actually age well, or it doesn't, it doesn't work well with um, multiple viewings. But like the first time I watched this, I felt like I was thinking of my own life a lot and how the, the the pivotal moments have played out and allowing me to like contemplate those things. Because the, the, the another portion that I really like in this movie is the um, the documentary portions that we see um, Nemo doing in the, in the one timeline where he's, I don't know if he's like a professor or something, but he's like doing this documentary mm-hmm. and he has one about time and he talks about time as a temporal dimension. Then he has one about sex um, as a battle between organisms and then one about fear. And if like fear is written into our DNA and that's like, it's very heavy handed in that way. Right. Um, But to me, like as I'm thinking about my life and then like seeing these things and it's, it's so like existential and like these big concepts. And you can think that like, this is yeah, like heavy handed or, you know, he's kind of a snob um, but for me, I kind of like took that and just, it just, I feel like it, it, it gave me like food for thought. And as I watched mm. it, like the length, it, the movie actually being this long gives you that room to think about those things. Although I, I still feel like it's too long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I feel like he had like a purpose in being it to the length that it is. For me, one of those moments that you'd look back on would be me not getting a 4K TV. <laughs> What else is on your list, Danny, for Mr. Nobody? Uh, one thing I liked about the um, separation of the three different wives was how each one uh, tonally had a color to it that represented different uh, 
like experience he's having in these times. So like with Anna, it's a lot of red, a lot of passion. Uh, with uh, Elise, was that the... She was the one with depression, yeah. so everything was like blue and gray, and it was dark. And then I, and then uh, Jean, it was that yellow, uh, the wealth of mm-hmm. the things that he's accomplished. And uh, there's, I really enjoy. I liked how they did that to separate kind of uh, the two different kind of paths he took. And like the with like the his mom would be the Anna, the passion. His dad was. Um, the depression kind of side, but there, that third path, it was like this one that he could control. Like he set out to, uh, I am going to do these X, X and X. Like I have this house, it's going to be this color. I'm going to get to these spots. Uh, and so everything that he could control because everything else was out of his control in this movie, like decisions that were being made for him were choosing these paths that he couldn't really control. And that third path was like this symbol of what he's controlling and, and then it showed how he ended up just even wanting to kill himself at the end of that. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I like that. I mean, I thought that was a cool kind of, uh, I like those vignettes with the families. Um, and I think the best part, I think there's incredible performances in this film by the, the wives uh, and by, I mean, Jared, what's Jared, when younger Jared, I don't like older Jared, but, uh, and then the, the kid Nemo, the teen Nemo, which I thought was funny that Nemo is actually uh, nobody in Italian. So it's like nobody, oh, nobody. Molte his name? Bene. <laughs> I did read about that. Uh, I just, I just, I like the idea of the analysis of like choice mm. uh, and choices we make and, Stuff like that. It's just, it's interesting. Mm. I mean, there's so much interesting about this film. It just bugs me. I just, I didn't enjoy how it was made. I thought the cinematography in the movie was pretty good. There was some really nice photography in general. Some old school kind of Twilight Zone-esque shots that I felt like, you know, as kind of things were kind of unraveling or some weird moments happening. Mm. Like I could see those scenes happening in black and white in like an old Twilight Zone episode. But other other than that, that's probably the, the biggest positive I have for the movie. Myself, Proto, is there anything else in your notes too that we wanted to hit? The two other big things, I guess, is I I really don't like the music in this. I mean, mm-hmm. it's good songs, but man, if, if you're going to use like any kind of pop song, I feel like the max you can do it is like two songs. Once. Yeah, like, <laughs> it was a lot. Once or twice. It was a lot. Yeah, any more than that. And it's just like, come on. You know, and mm-hmm. especially with the way that it's edited. Like at times it feels rushed and it, you know, it it feels like you're looking for like a cheap emotional grab, you know, for your audience Mm -hmm. rather than working for it or I don't know, just doing it in a way that makes sense. So I didn't really like that. Um, the, uh, the thing I love though, is that the whole, um, uh, going to Mars bit with that, that. with the spaceship, man, I I just, I love that. And, And I think the stuff on earth with old Nemo in that's like the utopia white city, I don't like, but I love spaceships that are like so Mm -hmm. advanced like that, where like they're in like these containment pods. Um, They're wearing like, I don't, they look like, I don't know. uh, I don't even know what to call that. That suit that they're in Um, Mm -hmm. any of that kind of stuff. I love that. And the Ziploc bags. The Ziploc bags. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, and just even like the tattoos on his face or like the, 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 um, implant yeah, the, type things. Yeah. yeah. The implants. I loved all that kind of stuff. I, I thought that was cool. The space elevator coming up and down from Mars. Yeah. That was cool. 
I had one gripe about the Mars thing, and it's because of the storyline. So she uh, says, well, you take my ashes to uh, Mars when I die or whatever. And like, that's a big, like, that hasn't been a thing yet. You can't just go to Mars when she tells him that. So this whole feat of being able to send a human to Mars and he literally dumps her ashes on a tram ride. Like there's no meaningful like ash spreading scene. He's just like, well, here we are. Let me just dump it as we drive along Mars. It was very interesting. Maybe that was the rest of her request. Dump my ashes nonchalantly <laughs> like you don't care on Mars. Well, also the fact- It was so weird. Well, I also thought like that's not, that's not actually supposed to be like one of the timelines, right? Because right. Teen Nemo is actually writing the story of going to Mars and dumping the ashes. <laughs> is it actually one of the time? I guess, I don't know. Maybe it could right. be, who knows? It's hard to tell which that's my, yeah, that's a big problem. Cause isn't it, isn't it teen Nemo that is in a coma telling that story? No. Well, it's a different teen Nemo because the teen is the one who was on the bike <laughs> and fell off and went in the coma. This is a, the other one. <laughs> what else is on your list, Danny? Actually, we've talked about a lot of it. Um, I hated the train scene. I hated coming back to it. Just watching that kid choose. Uh, at the 12 minute mark, I did have a note that said, I hate this 12 minutes in. Um, there's, I love the themes of this movie. I just, I've said it, I feel like I've broken record, but there's, I mean, I like the quote at the end reason, I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid of dying. I'm afraid I haven't been alive enough. It's just, it was interesting. Like, it's just, it's just kind of a bummer to me. It bums me out that this feels like it could have been this really amazingly profound kind of story of, um, you know, it's like possible to love and be loved and experience moments of like true happiness um, and having a life that can be profoundly meaningful. But it just really falls short for me. It falls short on just... I don't know. Score cinematography is okay. Uh, acting, acting is the shining moments of this movie. I just there's some great performances that are caught in this. What's your What's your rating for Mister Nobody? As a, as of right now, I'm 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 at <laughs> I'm at two stars. Two stars. We have uh. Let's see. I wanted to pull up Viger and see. What of our village have rated the movie? Uh, this is, let's see. Grugrux Dave, this got so tied up in its own knots, it never helps the overarching story being told. Uh, Mike, every time I thought I understood the point of something in this movie, I lost it immediately. Uh, Sean, this movie knocks French films by saying nothing happens. Well, here, everything happens, but none of it matters. Woof. Uh, my rating for this movie before we get to Proto, this is going to be a one banger for me. I was incredibly bored watching this movie. I felt like I was on my phone for a lot of it. I didn't oh, really no. care about it's Jared's character that much or even the kid that much. I know you guys were talking about his performance. I felt like he was wearing a wig. I was distracted by his hair for the majority of the time. The The kids boning in the kitchen took me out of it. It was just shot like a, like a, like a like an adult movie. Like I don't want to see the kids kind of going through the motions like that so soon in their existence. Maybe give it a few years. So this is one star for me, um, Prado. Um, 
I like this movie more the first time I saw it. I feel like, like I said earlier, I think it it doesn't benefit from multiple viewings. Um, so I'm going to give it three stars this time. I like, I, I think this movie is unique in the way that it, it rather than more so telling you a story, it's opening a spot for you, a, a space for you to think about these ideas and to consider your own life. If you don't like that or are not buying into it, yeah, you're not going to like that movie. And I think this movie is polarizing in that way. Um, but I still enjoy it. I, like Danny said, I love the ideas in it. It suffers in a lot of different ways. I think it really needed an editor. I'd like to know the, uh, like what the writing process, because the director, he also wrote this and maybe he was doing it alone. Maybe he like produced this. He like, you know, paid for it as well. And he just had oversight of, you know, what this movie was going to be like. But, um, hmm. yeah, I think it, it could have benefited from being tightened up in some spots, but I still enjoy it. And I would still recommend it to the right person. Uh, art in discord. I appreciate Proto's boldness in these movie choices. I don't see a rating hmm. from art uh, on this one. Would have been interesting to I see. I mean, how appreciative is he if there's not a rating? I mean, yeah, the low level. He didn't of even watch the movie. I appreciate like... you, Art. <laughs> Treen, uh, who won the free year of Letterboxd Pro, two stars. Follow them on uh, Letterboxd. What a month. This is the biggest month we've ever had. I think it was. I think it was. Emotional level metrics, the emotional metric level. <laughs> The spectrum. Next week, uh, we're going to be kicking off Faves Month, but we have voicemails to get to and letters before I make my big pick. Uh, let's see. You can shoot us a letter at 70mmpod at gmail.com or just use the links on 70mmpod.com. Let me pull up some letters here. We got a few. Uh, Ty writes in. Dear 70mm, first, I would like to say that I love what you guys are doing. I really have enjoyed my time listening to the previous episodes and the VHS Village has been extremely welcoming since joining in late September. Now for the movie of the week. A few years ago, I sat through the torture that is Mr. Nobody. <laughs> I was angry at myself sitting through the entire movie. Maybe I was tricked by Jared Leto's eyes, but there was a positive. I could now walk through life knowing I would never have to sit through it again. The air began to smell sweeter. Food tasted better and the sun shone brighter. Then one fateful day in January, Proto chose Mr. Nobody. Did I do something wrong? What terrible act have I committed that God would let this happen to me again? But the ever positive person I am, I tried to look for the bright side of life. Maybe there was something I missed in Mr. Nobody. Maybe I was too naive to see it in my younger age. So I sat down in front of my TV and watched Mr. Nobody painstakingly crawling through the pretentious mud that is this movie, I learned that I had been right the entire time. This movie sucks. And he spelled it with like four X's. Keep it up, you guys. Thanks. Love everything that y'all are doing. And that's from your faithful villager, Ty. What a letter. Thank, Thank you, you, Ty. Your truth. We'll never hide from your truth on this show. That's what this show's all about. Well, maybe sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it to yourself sometimes. <laughs> uh, next letter. This is at to the were from Twitter, pronounced A to the were. Kind of dumb now that I see it like that. Probably need to change it. I'm the <laughs> dude you gave the free Letterbox Pro for a year or two. Thanks for that. Uh, one of our previous winners. That membership has awakened my love of movies. 
resurrected the beast from the depths of slumber. Can't say thank you enough for that as well. Truly, and I'm not saying this just to say it, this podcast is one of the best I've ever listened to. Thumbs up from oh me. Oh my gosh. You guys are a blast, and I've told my friends and recommended you on the podcast I work on and run. Looking forward to what you guys released this year. And Mr. Nobody, seriously, Point Break would have been a better choice. <laughs> have you guys thought about doing Ford versus Ferrari or Shazam? Oh, my Both gosh. Both four baggers from me. Can't recommend them enough. Cheers, Anthony. But have you seen my Ford goodness. versus Ferrari? I have not. I don't know. I don't know if maybe. Oh, wait, is Christian Bale in that? He is. He oh plays gosh. a driver. You know what? That's the other movie I watched this weekend. I think it's God Vice. He is amazing in Vice. Unreal. What, what an actor. Christian's amazing in everything. Actor Christian Bale. Terminator Salvation. God, I need to rewatch that. Of it? I hope that gets in 4K on HBO. ASAP. <sighs> I loved Ford vs. Ferrari, by the way. I had a lot of fun. It was with a lot that of one. fun. Mm hmm. I love visually it's killer. Yeah, I think I I might even mention my read the natural light in that movie with the sun. I mean, I hope it was real sun. It looked amazing. Did they get a Doesn't real matter. sun for that? It was amazing. I don't know if they used the real sun. <laughs> you can't tell anymore. Next letter. We got a few letters this week. I love the usage of letters. It's old school here. Sean Allen writes in. Hey guys, love your show. Found it last weekend and I wish I found it sooner, but glad to now be along for the ride. Even if that ride includes a nonsensical 157-minute movie that changed tone about every 90 seconds, but I'm sure the timeline of me watching Point Break is having a great time. <laughs> uh, kind of wish you'd pick Donnie Darko instead, given it just had its 20th anniversary. Also had its problems, but I find it to be a lot more fun. Keep up the great work, and I'm excited for what's next. And that's Sean from Cincinnati. Love the location call out in the email. Party, have you seen uh, Donnie Darko? I have seen Donnie Darko. It's been many a year, though. Ages. <sighs> Mainly because it's not that good. Donnie Darko falls into that slimfluence territory of like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like, we get it. You like Donnie Darko, okay? Everyone loves yeah. Donnie Darko. You shop at Hot Topic. You know? Sheesh. Uh, I get it. Art says, for real though, dad month equals the host dad's favorite movies. Kidding me? My dad? Oh Jesus. my God. <laughs> I can't even think of what it could be at this point. I think you would regret <laughs> that, just Art. fell over at the thought of it. Oh my God. That be would good. be hilarious. Mom's month? Sheesh. Mom's going to have us watch like the... I was going to say. <laughs> the Shack. <laughs> what's the Rapture movies with What's-His-Face? Left that, Behind. That, left that, Behind. That kook. <laughs> Get a mask on, bro. You're going to be left behind for dead, Kirk. Will Latner writes in next. Uh, hey there, 70MM. It's Will Lat Daddy here. I wanted to send a letter instead of a voicemail today because I've got to cover a sensitive topic. I figured I could be more tactful with a carefully crafted email. This is also right. in good fun, and I was cracking myself up while writing this. We're getting into an Obama meddling Obama situation here. <laughs> the letter hasn't mm -hmm. even started. Have you guys my seen my letter? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a good one, let me tell you. Oh, shoot. My topic today, is everyone sitting down? My topic today is Proto's film picks. I might need to uh -oh. take a drink of water here before I finish this. <laughs> Clear your throat. <laughs> 
Don't choke. <laughs> My, let's see. Don't get me wrong. I love Protolexis and his insights into every movie. But I've got to be honest. I've been burned more than once by his picks. Normally, I try to watch all of the new-to-me movies you guys cover, but the commitment started to crack after X, the man with the X-ray eyes. Then I got smashed by Solaris, and it was game over. Uh, speaking of game over, how about that game over sh- scene in uh, Mr. <laughs> Nobody with the airbags says game over? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, back to the letter. Haven't watched a proto-pick since. For context, the Uh-oh. Solaris episode was released for Patreon on October 30th. This week, I took one look at Mr. Nobody and its runtime and bailed before even thinking about getting on board. Looking at these villager ratings, it seems like I made the right call. I don't really have a purpose or goal with this email. I'm not asking Proto to change who he is or reevaluate what he picks because I love the episodes whether I watch them or not. I just wanted to share about my experience to give Proto and the other hosts or villagers the chance to offer encouragement, rebuttal, or advice. I'm looking forward to this episode as always, and I'm very grateful for the village and the opportunity we had to dialogue about these important issues as friends and film lovers. Love, Will. P.S. I realize I neglected to mention Muppet Christmas Carol, which is technically a proto pick, though I didn't rewatch this year. Four stars, but X and Solaris combined for three stars total. I rest my case. Hmm. I will say, podcasting for a year with Proto has made me a better person. Mm. Mm. He's wow. inspiring as a human being. Yeah, He's bold, mm-hmm. makes big choices, and I'm happy to be on a show with him. Always. And I look forward to his picks. Mm. He has insights that I may not see. That's uh, so why I was excited for this film, and I'm grateful. Very grateful. How about that? I mean, that's Solaris app. you kidding me? Oh, yeah, maybe it's trash. <sighs> no. What First of all, you're wrong, but that's fine. oh god love solaris i i am very appreciative first of all obviously of proto but also people that listen and don't watch because you know there are many podcasts out there that cover things that people and it's normal people won't listen to it if they haven't watched it before or have no desire to so props to will for still joining us along on this journey uh very appreciative proto has no rebuttal now, I mean, what are you going to do? You know, when, when you, when you stick your hand in the pain box, uh, sometimes you get burned. Okay. No one knows what's in there. Nobody knows. Great letters. Uh, we have two voicemails. I believe that I need to fire up here. A little voicemail machine. Let's get to uh dear friend of the show here. Hello. This is Dirk. Dirk, feel good. How are you guys doing? Are you all right? I know we all like to take the mick out of Proto-Lexus. He can't pick a good movie to save his life. But last year he said something so profound and so beautiful it shocked me to me core. He said, think about all the movies that are out there. There's so many that you'll never be able to watch them all in your lifetime. So the reality is there's an infinite amount of films to get through. Endless opportunity and choice. And I had an epiphany at that. And tonight, it's made me go back to view what some call the biggest IP in movie history. (laughs) Yes, you want to talk about franchises? It's got the lot. Books, comic books, TV shows, 
apparel, which is another way of saying clothes, and of course, movies. And to top it all off, 2021 marks the return of it to the silver screen. What am I talking about? Mortal Kombat. Oh, oh <laughs> gosh, yes. Tell us more, please. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You heard. And this film is crackers, isn't it? It starts with two guys looking like they're going to French kiss, but instead they start doing spin kicks and there's a load of space behind them and no one's really watching because it's dead mysterious. Then a boat turns up and it's got like a dragon's head on it and they all get on it thinking they're going to have a wonderful holiday. But it's not a wonderful holiday, is it? It's like a fighting competition. And then at one point somebody says, give me a break. And then they snap his neck. (laughs) Give me a break and then they snap his neck. Brilliant. And all thanks to Proto-Lexus that I watched this tonight. Stephen? Yes, I'm shooting on you. I'm using your real name. Stephen? Thank you so much for inspiring me to watch Mortal Kombat. And we're all rooting for you. I'm sure you'll pick a good one someday. Love you. Dirk. Dirk at up to his old tricks. Oh, my gosh. Are, are we doing a double VHS episode, Mortal Kombat Street Fighter? Oh, oh my oh, God. Oh, baby. You imagine? That is... Are, is anyone writing this stuff down? We got Jody Foster month. We got Dad's month. <laughs> and we have double VHS video game episode. God, Mortal Kombat was... <laughs> I'm watching Contact tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm, I'm about to look to see if that's available in 4K right now. Mortal Kombat was extremely my jam growing up. Extremely my jam. Animated series, playing the arcade, doing the secret codes to unlock blood. I was banned from Mortal Kombat. My Baptist parents, you kidding me? The blood in that? No way. They would burn that box alive if they found that Mortal Kombat in the house. The, oh my God. Afar says no 4K contact, unfortunately. I feel ill. Who do we call? I got to get Jody on the horn. Maybe Matthew McConaughey. He's on some kind of press speaking tour for God knows what. <laughs> Next and final voicemail. Hey, 70 millimeter. Uh, it's catcher calling in because I was listening to your episode last week and I was thinking about how my only viewing of Waterworld was an all right experience. You know, it didn't mm-hmm. suck nearly as bad as everyone had made it out to be. I mean, it wasn't good. But then listening to the episode, I was filled with a passion. Yes. A yes. passion to watch the Ulysses cut. So I oh. immediately paused the episode and started looking for the Ulysses cut on on Amazon and was furiously searching. And then I found it and I bought that guy so fast and I was <laughs> couldn't contain my excitement. And I texted Danny right away and I was like, dude, I... I bought I bought the Ulysses cut and I'm gonna listen to it. I'm gonna surprise the guys on the pod <laughs> and I'm gonna review it and it's gonna be awesome. And he's like, no man, that's not the right edition. It was some <laughs> shitty two disc version of it. I immediately one. had to go and cancel my order with Amazon and oh, it was a whole mess. Um and then I looked it up and I found the Ulysses cut and it's like forty five bucks, so I'm gonna have to wait out on that. But I just the point of the story is Thank you guys for inspiring me to just turn around and buy something online. Your episode was just great. Yes. Full of uh, joy and fun. And uh, so thanks for kicking ass every week. And that's all I wanted to say. So thank you, 70 millimeter. Love what you're doing. Love everything. Talk to you guys soon. Mm. Love you guys. Thank you. Thank Mm. you, catcher. 
Thank you. Catcher uh, messaged you, me catch. today before recording to say it arrived. Oh, he's watching it. Is he watching he it right now? It? He could be. He could be peeing in a cup right now. Is he lighting up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that price was at like 112 bucks. That Arrow we edition. Made it spike. I mean, right after our episode, the surge. 112 dollars surge pricing on Amazon. Apparently, it's back down <laughs> to around 40 bones. I think. But if you, um, the power of the village. Listen, let me just say something. If you're into the Criterion Collection, if you're listening to the show and you're like, yeah, I like the Criterion. I'm a Criterion boy or gal or person. Uh, Catcher is the co-host of a podcast that focuses on Criterion movies. It's called The Synonauts. They venture in there as friends forever. Boom and Ian, form, former producer of this show. And uh, very good podcast. I highly enjoy it. I listen to it every week. I, I would recommend the Barry Lyndon episode. Mm. Mainly because I love that movie and Kubrick, but they have a great conversation about it. How about Catcher's Art every week? It's great. When are we going to see some of He's Proto's art level. for 70mm? As soon as I get this this paper in, I don't have any art paper. <laughs> paper. Do I need to mail you some paper? You know what? I ordered paper and then my kids used it all in like a day. <laughs> I gotta hide some of it. <laughs> Don't worry, it's coming. Art is asking about a Synonaut 70mm crossover episode. What would the movie be for that episode? I don't know. Some what's pinkies in there. up crowd <laughs> pick. <laughs> I'd have to look to see what's in there before we make any kind of pronouncements. It's a hard. Speaking of pronouncements, phase month is next week as of this episode release. It's my pick. I'm kicking off the month. We're only going to be doing movies that are our favorites. We're putting everything laid bare. In front of the other hosts, metaphorically, physically, audio-wise. And uh, I am going to my top four list right now on Letterboxd. I'm pulling it up. Which of these movies am I going to choose? You know, Vanilla Sky is one of my faves. That's my number one right now. Tom Cruise, ever heard of him? I stood up and clapped at the end of that movie in theaters. Never felt something oh, like did. that in my life. Are you serious? I swear to whatever you believe in. As you listen to the show, you know what I believe in. Uh, Casino is on there. We've done. We've done it. We've we done did it already. Casino. We nailed it. Oh my god, Danny nailed the art. New addition to my top four: North by Northwest. We've never done that. Oh. Uh, previously, my top four, which I removed to put North by in there, was Logan. Danny has not seen that, but those aren't the movies that we're going to be doing. We will be going and traveling to 1987, part man. Heart Machine, My. All Cop, The Future of Law Enforcement, RoboCop, streaming right now on Amazon Prime. <sighs> Is that GIF real? <laughs> uh, Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, Ronnie Cox, Miguel Ferrer. The cast in this movie is out of control. This movie is... Really? <laughs> It had, the month hasn't even started yet, okay? Uh, 19, this is Paul, Paul Verhoeven. I just watched Total Recall again. He's got Starship Troopers under his belt, and he's got RoboCop under his belt. Those oh, three movies, Starship in Troopers. my opinion, are the <laughs> epitome of science fiction filmmaking, Okay. <laughs> Trifecta. The image is getting I can't stop looking at that. In the Discord. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I love this movie. I'm excited for us to talk about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. I just bought the 4K of this movie. It's in my video account. Amazing. Uh, so that's going to be next week. You can stream it on Amazon Prime uh, if you do have that. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up and, and fly off into the sunset? Still together? Unfazed? Uh, we got it all. I think we nailed it. I think it. we nailed it all. We nailed this episode. We nailed it. Uh, we stuck the landing. Proto Triple nailed D. it. Danny nailed it. Double axle. <laughs> Slim faked a podcast for a year just to get this upcoming RoboCop. <laughs> the long con just grifted his ass. Forrest, don't reveal oh, my secret. Man, he got me. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, shoot, I'm, let me just take a quick peek at that artwork you just dropped. Not uh, thirty minutes ago. It looks amazing. Nailed it again. Pro, do you want to take us out? Final thoughts for this week's episode? Oh, final thoughts. You know, this this was a tough one for me, seeing just all the reviews coming in and no one liking this movie that I picked. But you know what? It, it felt amazing that I could pick a movie and then so many people would watch it, you know, mm -hmm. who listen to our show and who love our show. So thank you for everybody who watched this movie, you know, you took a risk. I failed you again, <laughs> but I'm thankful. Thank you for being here. <laughs> I will do right by you someday. Freddie, you've never failed us once on this show, except for last week when you didn't watch any movies. That was the only time. We'll see everybody next week. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Seventy Millimeter is a VHS Village production and produced by Dale underscore A. Original artwork provided by Danny Haas and spiritual guidance provided by Protolexis. Prints and other merch are available at 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed and edited by me, Slim. You can support our Patreon for early access to episodes, discounts on merch, a physical membership card mailed to you, and access to our Discord to talk movies with other villagers. If you'd like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount at checkout on the web using the code 70MM. Goodbye. <laughs>